0: Power veterinary leaders to reach their full potential, inspire their teams, drive innovation, and achieve their goals. In this podcast, we speak to hospital managers, company
1: owners, industry leaders, veterinarians, veterinary technicians, and support staff who
0: are at the forefront of animal healthcare. On today's episode, we're talking about our journeys in veterinary medicine from the front lines to corporate and back to the front lines. Hey, Emily. Hey, Suzanne. <laughs> Welcome to today's episode. Yeah. I'm excited. Me too. First one. <laughs> First one. First podcast. Yeah. So we are gonna be talking today about our journeys in veterinary medicine. Um we have both started off in the front lines yep. and then we went to the corporate side of things. Um and we're back on the front lines. Back on the front lines. Yeah. Found ourselves back where we started. Crazy. Mm -hmm. So I started off in vet med as an assistant overnights, working in specialty hospitals. Um, I have a business background, so I, over the years, after becoming an LVT and working as an oncology technician, um, having kids, decided, you know what, I think I can lead better than what I had been experiencing, so jumped into hospital management. after a couple of years there, I found myself in the corporate side of things, um, getting a role behind the scenes or behind the curtain, as we like to say, um, as a the travel team manager. So I actually managed a team of veterinarians and technicians that were traveling across the country to provide support and um, essentially like relief shifts, but within that company. And then I wound up as a support, operational support person, manager. It was an interesting role that was sort of just built for me um, to assist people who, leaders, managers, assist the corporate leaders, the COO at the time, Um, and then I became the communications manager, so I built the communications program for the entire company. Um, And most recently, I was director of operations for a a company for a little while as as a startup. So I was able to see what the true startup under year old life is like. And now I'm back working as an oncology technician part time while building this fun business of ours. So uh, we're going to talk today a little bit about what I've seen being back in the clinic um, and some things haven't changed yeah (laughs) yeah um so a little bit about myself is i started cleaning
1: kennels Um, just like kind of everybody else, I feel like starts off in the field. Um, Decided that this was something that I actually wanted to do because my teaching degree wasn't getting me anywhere and went back and put myself through school and got my CVT. I worked my way up to lead technician where I was practice manager, um, nursing managers, all of those things. That was all great and hunky dory, but I decided I missed ER, I missed emergency medicine. So I went back and worked overnights on the floor did overnights, all of those fun things. Uh, started working with a company that was really, really great. Um, actually utilized my skill sets. Uh, was with the company for about a year before they pulled me up to corporate um, to go ahead and kind of help teams uh, reconnect and rebuild. And that was something that I was really passionate about. Is having strong teams really kind of does help you with, you know, helping all those pets that need our help. And um, once I kind of was on the corporate side, I was also um now training hospital managers on how can they connect with their teams and unfortunately um different viewpoints of with the company kind of went our separate ways. and now I'm stepping into a role where I get to be a practice manager again. so I get to practice what I'm preaching, um, which I think is really cool. And just being in the hospital aspect again, like as Suzanne said, we realized stuff hasn't changed in the last 10 years. Um, things are still going on even though we stepped into those corporate roles and we thought we were making a change. being back in the hospital, we don't we haven't seen that change yet.
0: yeah yeah and it's it's been you know I, i haven't been able to put the word to it it's sad it's concerning it's you know it's a lot of things but um you know leaders have the opportunity to make these changes and i think you know coming back on the floor and kind of being the person in the background has put me in a weird position because i have relationships with the leaders in the hospital and I'm able to have conversations with them, and I know that they care, and I know that they want to make a difference. But they're really, it's not translating. So we've been talking about being that bridge between what you know, what leaders think that they're doing, and what the support staff and the technicians and the the doctors are are seeing and feeling. And so, um, you know we've we've been talking a lot about that and and we really are excited to bring it to you
1: yeah and i think both of us also coming from the field going to corporate and then being back on the front lines of things really kind of puts into perspective all the things that frontliners don't know about what goes on in the business and things that they're just like well this isn't getting done because of little things and it's kind of like well we just spent twenty thousand dollars on an x-ray machine um that's how much it costs and like there's things that you can go ahead and let your support staff know you don't need to gatekeep everything it's going to help things run so much more efficient but it's kind of like that fine line and like how do we teach that fine line and where where does it go from there
0: yeah So what should we start with? What should we start chatting about? I think um,
1: some of the things that um, we're we're still seeing, um, just even myself going into a hospital that I don't know anybody at this hospital. Um, I don't know any of the support staff. I know maybe two or three of the doctors, but a lot of them are per diem. Um, so I kind of know a little thing, but just kind of seeing the clicks still happening and the toxicity and the breakdown of communication just from being in the hospital for a little bit. And it just seems like it's the norm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, we were talking earlier today about a situation that I recently experienced where, you know, there's someone who's been in the hospital for a really long time and, and she's really explosive mm-hmm. and really a toxic person and she's super skilled, but just because she's super skilled doesn't mean that she's the right person for that that team or that that building, right? Yeah. That that whole clinic. And so I think it's it's important to to realize as managers that we have the ability and it's it's really our responsibility to make those changes and yeah. to have those conversations with those people. And and how do we fix those clicks, you know, like, you're coming into a new hospital, and you don't, like you said, you don't have their, their I don't background, have the relationship, you don't know yeah. them, you don't have that, you know, relationship with mm-hmm. them, like you said, to, to really, you know, be able to change anything walking in. So How do you, as a new hospital leader, come in and and have those conversations with people?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that, like, I've been doing just, you know, going in for, like, interviews and, like, talking and, like, going in to fill out paperwork is just kind of, like getting to know people like asking them like what got you into this like why are you here and it's really important to know people's whys um helping them reconnect to when they're having those explosive moments and those kind of things and as a leader understanding why they're here and helping them support and grow in that position as well i think that's the other part of it too and I'm not gonna be that person that's gonna go in and change things overnight. Um, I think setting the expectation is the biggest part of it too.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: letting the team know what my background is, where I come from, and like what my goals and expectations are so this way we can kind of meet each other in the middle. Um, I'm also not going in there with an iron fist and changing things right away. Um, it's one of the things that Suzanne and I always talk about. Um, one of my favorite episodes of Ted Lasso, Um, and I will say this every time, they talk about how the team is so bad, so bad, and somebody complained about the pressure in the water shower, in the showers. The water pressure was so bad, and at the end of the episode, they turned on the shower and the water pressure was fixed. So it may not be those big things that get fixed right away, but that one little thing that, yeah, I could take care of that, no problem, I'm gonna make sure that I jump on that to show to the team like, hey, I'm listening to you, I'm hearing what you're saying. I'm doing my best and letting them know too, where I'm at with the progress
0: of things. Yeah, and you know, in my role right now, I'm back as a technician. So I'm I maybe leading the department, but I'm not in a leadership role. And so I, I think a lot of technicians and, and veterinary leaders find ourselves in this position mm-hmm. where we're we're in a role that we're expected to lead those around us, but we're not maybe given the title. I think, you know, I spent a long time searching for this title and found really found that leadership is is within us and yes. it's it's a skill that we are we can be a leader in, in really any role that we're in. And so right now leading this department, I have an assistant. It's a small department, but I have Mm -hmm. an assistant who's really, really new to vet med. And something that, you know, I think is really important is, is as leaders, as people who've been in the industry for a while, is we also have the responsibility to make sure that these people who are new know that, you know, it's it's what has happened maybe is not the only way to do things Mm -hmm. um and and i'm also new to this team too so it's the same thing i've been spending a lot of time just getting to know them i know the doctor that i've worked with that i'm working with but i i don't know the assistant she's new to the industry she's new to the team she's she's very new in general um and she's also very quiet so how do i navigate that person right how do i navigate somebody who's really quiet when me not so much but I've been that person I've been the person who's been really quiet and so it's it's about coming up with questions to ask like hey are you in school are you planning to do more what Mm -hmm. are what are your goals so I know what she's looking for so I know as me being the technician that I am tend to teach as I as I work so I'll explain why I'm doing things but if she doesn't care I'm not going to waste my time teaching her right um and she happened to be tell me she wants to go to tech school so as i'm doing things as i'm drawing blood i'm giving her little tips i think that people will really like I really liked when people did that with me and I think that it's really cool to be able to pass that along to other people.
1: Oh yeah, especially I think gatekeeping is one of the biggest things um, in vet med, Um, even that I've seen, I will be honest with you, I was that person that would sit back and watch a code happen and wait to be that person that jumped in to place that life-saving IV catheter until I realized that wasn't helping anybody, Um, that wasn't even helping the pen. That's not why I got into this field and I definitely, Changed my ways after that and realize I'm not going to gatekeep my information if somebody wants to learn from me I will be more than happy to give you all of that information what switched
0: there
1: um, what switched for me was watching my team kind of look over at me and say where were you five minutes ago and realizing that wow, Emily, you could have been that lifesaver. Yes, you placed the IV catheter, the dog ended up living, everything was fine. But I let my team down in that aspect. And that's not what we got into this field for. And we all think, you know, like, I know more than this person, this person knows more than that person. But if we take all of that knowledge together, we can all learn the same things and be able to educate everybody on why we do things the way we do. I was always that person on the floor. Any doctor that I've ever worked with called me, but why? Um, Because I would always ask, but why? And it wasn't because I was questioning their medicine. I wanted to know the reasons behind why we were doing things. I wanted to be able to make sure that I was explaining to the next person, we're doing this because of this study that came out. And this is why this has changed recently. Vet Med is ever changing. I haven't done the same thing for like the same year and a half. It has constantly changed. New protocols are coming out. You know, we're hearing stuff about, like, grain-free diets and how it's not good anymore and, like, things like that. And we're the ones that need to educate our clients onto why we're not doing that anymore. Um, They don't understand. Like, we have all that information. Why should we be holding it from our fellow coworkers and the clients?
0: Yeah. Yeah, what's interesting is you said that, you know, vet med is always changing, but what we've really noticed is that (laughs) on the people side of things, a lot hasn't changed. And so 10 years ago, getting into the field as a new assistant, I spent a lot of time, like, thinking, wow, is this really what I want to do? Are these the kind of people that I want to work with? I had people that were really negative and, and, you know, talking negatively about the industry. And even, even yesterday, I had a doctor say, you know, her child wants to be a doctor and she's a like, God help us. And so it's, it's things like that. It's those feelings. And, and it makes me think like, why have we gotten to this place? Like, why do we feel that way? Why are we still the same thing? Like you yeah. said, but why, like why are we still having conversations and, and being so negative about this industry? We got into this industry because we love animals, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we take care of our people to the point where they don't feel that way anymore? How do we get them to get people to not, be so negative about this industry that we, we obviously love so much. That's why we're still here. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it
1: comes down to educating our clients as well. Um, a lot of clients think that we're just in it for the money and I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I, anytime anyone would come, would come in and say, well, can I pay you on Friday? My response is I can't walk into Shoprite and pay for half my groceries and walk out with them. I would love to do that, but unfortunately I can't pay my PSE and G bill with hugs and kisses, like, i got to be able to keep my lights on you know and it's putting it into perspective just so you know BSC and g is is new jersey Jersey, yeah it's new jersey (laughs) like electric like i can't i can't do those kind of things with like working on like ious and things like that and like putting it into perspective for clients as well for like them to understand like yes it was the norm 20 years ago that your vet would put you on a payment plan but that you would never pay it back and those kind of things, um, but that's that's changed now. There's other options that are out there. Um, there's other forms to pay for emergencies, and plus, there's so many different forms of pet insurance too that clients have no idea about. So when you're seeing those new puppies and stuff like that coming in, like educating them, just tell them to go online and type in pet insurance. There's so many options out there, and like I've seen the stories where like they've had to pay five hundred dollars out front, but $20,000 surgery was covered. Yeah. You know, and like those are the stories that like they go back and tell their friends like, yeah. hey, this person told me about this pet insurance. I think you should look for, into it for your puppy. And just that one person makes a huge difference.
0: Huge yeah, and I, I think that what I what I, like what we're talking about here is that it's not just one thing, right? No. It's not just taking care of your clients and taking care of your patients. It's taking care of your clients, your patients, and your people. It's mm-hmm. taking care of everyone. And as a leader, that's really tough, right? Yeah. It's really hard to prioritize. Like, who am I focusing on, and mm-hmm. what am I doing? And I also have this business to take care mm-hmm. of, especially if you're a hospital manager. You know, and and I mentioned before, you can be a leader in any role, but. But truly, that that person who's responsible for the business side of things, you also have to, you have that in the back of your mind, and then you have your people in the back of your mind, and then you have this person that you have to call who is upset about their bill or whatever they're upset about. And so, you know, having to navigate all of those things, I think, is definitely you know, those are things that we're going to be talking about yeah. here and, and making sure you're getting the facts on everything that happens as well.
1: And trying to separate, you know, like fact from emotion. Cause that's another big thing as well. That was very hard. It's very hard for people to do. It's not something that you're able to do overnight and it takes time, but being able to realize like what actually happened versus like, well, I'm feeling this way. You need to be able to con convey that to people as yeah. well. That's the, big, you know, navigating those difficult kind of conversations, those little awkward ones Yeah. that for nobody sure. likes to have, but they need to happen um, in order for everybody to grow and be able to m- move on from experiences. And hey, I realize like things happen, let's, let's work on those. And I think that's another thing in the industry is um, the word accountability is kind of a, a tough one to swallow. Yeah, A lot of people have a hard time taking that accountability when it comes to something, leaders as well. Um, same thing goes for support staff, but that's a, a hard one to talk about. Um, I think it's very important uh, to take that accountability. Yeah. And it's not something that you're comfortable doing. Um, I've Been in that situation where I've had to take the accountability and it actually, um, made other people in the room kind of have more respect for me, even though they respected me anyway, but they respected me even more after I took that accountability um, because it was a stupid mistake that I definitely should not have made doing this for 16 years. Uh, And I was like, I messed up. I did that. My bad. Let's make a protocol so this doesn't
0: happen again. And we moved on from there. But that's like leading by example, right? So that is showing... As a technician, as a hospital manager, as a nurse manager, Mm -hmm. even if you're a doctor, even if you're in the corporate side of things, like you're gonna make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We all make mistakes, we're human. And so like when I was back and before VetMed and I was in retail, the one thing that I would always tell people and that stuck with me all these years is that you're going to make a million mistakes. I used to say, none of your mistakes will kill anyone. It's a little bit different now and different now. Some men. of them can. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's try not to make those mistakes. But listen, it happens, mm-hmm. right? We make mistakes. It's fine to make your 100 mistakes once it's different if you continue to make the same mistake over and over again so you have to go introspective learn from your mistake Mm -hmm. maybe create some kind of sop or or some kind of protocol that can make sure that we're mitigating that mistake in the future but ultimately you know you learn from those mistakes it's going to make you a better person it's going to make you a better person it's going to make you better leader it's going to make you a better technician it's going to make you a better hospital manager doctor all Mm -hmm. of those things so i think it's you know giving yourself a little bit of grace being accountable for the mistakes that you do make, like own up to it. I've been in that position where I've been like, oh, crap, I just actually got in a panic, said I didn't do it when I did do it. So now I have to backtrack and be like, actually, I did do it. Um, and so, you know, there, there's that too is, is you're going to make a ton of mistakes and you're just have to move forward and learn from them yeah. so that we can we can grow and be better
1: yeah and i think <clears throat> one of the things that
0: i let my staff know like
1: coming into this role is we're going through some growing pains together we're going to be in this together um i might be the captain of the ship but the ship's not going to go without them and i need their help as well and the other part too is like i tell them all the time, you know, like when I was in the practice last week, um, you know, like whatever concerns you have, feel like you can come and talk to me. Yeah. Um, I'm not that person that's gonna just kind of dismiss what you have to say. I listen to what you have to say and I will do my best within what I am able to do Yeah. Um, to go ahead and try to, to rectify a situation. But there may also be times where I'm not able to do those things. And I think really like putting that expectation out there.
0: What does it say? I don't know, GarageBand said something. Do you want to use the auto? No. We're just gonna pick right back up where we left off. I mean, it's recording on this thing, so if if I have to cut some sound. But I think like really talking
1: about like accountability and expectations they go hand in hand yeah and really kind of drilling that home and it's not just this isn't just stuff that you're using while you're in the hospital this is stuff for everyday life yeah um i've not just i mean i learned a lot about this when i was like doing um workshops and stuff like that for vet med (laughs) mommy Mommy!
0: (laughs) mommy's making a guest appearance
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) thanks mommy Um, but it's all stuff that I've also brought back with me and used in my personal life. You know, like when we're talking about like building connections with people as well and like how everybody, like once you meet somebody, like you've built that connection with them and I'm able to pour into your cup and you're able to pour into my cup. And that's not just something that happens at work. That happens with your friends as well. Um, You're able to build those connections and like, you know, when you need them, lean on them and they can also lean on you back. So that's not just with working with other doctors or working with other support staff that's yeah. everyday life yeah which is crazy
0: yeah i mean so much <laughs> of the things that i've learned as a leader have translated to being mm-hmm. a wife a mother it's it's translated to being even a dog mom like yeah. how i respond to things i mean i used to be that explosive person and and i it took a lot of introspection, Mm -hmm. a lot of self-assessing. And I think that, you know, that's something that we're gonna talk about a lot during this podcast and and on social media and in our courses and all of that. (laughs) There's always gonna be this, um, like reflecting back on what you're doing, because Mm -hmm. I think that there, you you can't truly grow and be a better leader or a better person if you don't look inside and, and what's going on internally. And so I I had to really sit back one day and, and say, like, is this the person that I want to be? Is this the person that I want to show and 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 grow? Do I want to grow this plant, right? Of mm-hmm. this person who is explosive and people don't want to be around and people think that I'm, you know, a, a certain B word. Um, or do I want to be somebody that people wanna talk to, yeah. that people want to interact with, that people want to grow from and, and to listen to? And as you know getting into a hospital manager role i really had to look at myself in the mirror and be like i have these people that i'm responsible for mm-hmm. how am i supposed to go in and tell them how to be if i can't even be myself right and so i spent a lot of time with myself in you know the confines of my bathroom looking in the mirror saying you know suzanne who do you actually want to be how can you lead this group of people mm-hmm. if you can't even take care of yourself you know i tell my husband sorry uh sorry babe but i tell my husband how do you expect our kids to act like adults when you can't act like an adult right there's an ass. you can't and yeah. so i and it, it's not to point him out no, but really but, yeah. it's the same thing like how can i expect them as five-year-olds to act a certain way how can i expect my team to act a certain way how can mm-hmm. i expect anyone around me to act a certain way if i'm acting like a child yeah right or if i'm acting explosive or i'm toxic or i'm gossiping or am i'm mm-hmm. i'm the one complaining and so i i truly believe in leading by example yes. and if i'm going to act a certain way they're going to pick up on those things and they're gonna say like oh it's okay if she's acting that way it's okay for me to act that way yeah and even if they don't say that they're you can tell just by actions Mm -hmm. and so you know I, i really had to teach myself and stop myself in the moment like if i'm complaining about somebody like how to stop myself to do that and it takes time yes but especially you coming into a new clinic and a new role if you're coming into the clinic that and you see those clicks happening in the and that stuff happening you lead by example yes. by not being that person setting that precedent this is how we work here yeah you know we're not complainers we are not going to gossip against each other about each other i am not going to talk smack about you know joe and and Ronnie, I don't know where those sure. names came from. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to talk smack about them because then it's going to make it okay for you to do that. Exactly. Exactly. And I think for me, especially
1: coming into this role and like seeing those clicks, you know, kind of hearing, well, so-and-so does this a lot and so-and-so does that a lot. One of the things that like I used to have in a practice that I was at previously was a no complaint policy. And that's something that I'm going to bring back where you can go ahead and vent about what's going on, but at least come up with one solution that you think will work because, there's a difference between venting and just being upset and if it's something that's genuinely bothering you you're gonna come up with a solution naturally yeah you're gonna say well we could do this way better and this is how we can do it and it may not be the solution that fixes it but at least that shows your leadership team and everybody else that this is a genuine concern that you have and that you think that there's a better way to do this yeah and It's it's hard to definitely step into that line. And in one of the podcasts, we're gonna talk a little bit more about like the victor-victim system, and like, are you above or below the line, and like, how to healthily call out your team um, when they're starting to get like toxic and stuff like that, just to kind of like reel them back in. Um, It's uncomfortable doing it, but we're gonna talk about tips and tricks about that stuff too. But that's like really kind of where, for me personally, it all started with, am I above or below the line right now? and even checking myself, um, having people call me out and saying, where are you at on the line? Things like that. Yeah. It's like, whew, if they can sense what's going on, then obviously I'm doing something wrong here. Yeah. And it's really important for leaders too to also be on the floor to see what's happening.
0: 100%.
1: You know, like somebody can come up to you and say like, this and this is happening and it keeps happening, but you can go and spend eight hours on the floor and you're only seeing it happen maybe one or two times. Yeah. And it just so happens that it was like, maybe that one day it happened multiple times and you're back out on the floor and then you're noticing now it's not happening at all. Or, yeah, you know what, it did happen a lot this time. And then you're able to, like, have the facts and be able to talk. Um, I always say there's two sides to a pancake, um, just like there's two sides to a story. Um, you know, there's you get the one side of the story, and then you'll get the other side of the story. And then you witness what's going on so you can actually, like, really kind of m- mend the pieces together. And explaining that to your team, too. Like, I'm going to also go and talk to so-and-so about this as well, just so you're aware, I'm not gonna mention names or anything, but you know, and letting your team know like, I'm gonna address this. Like that's the biggest part and you know, and setting that, hey, let's follow up with this in a couple weeks and actually doing it because that's the most important part.
0: Actually doing it. We can say
1: that we're gonna follow up, but then we don't um, do it until like multiple months later. And at that point it could be something that's so big that the other person could have already left at that point. You know, they could just feel like, wow, it's been three months, nothing's been done.
0: And I think it's important to say, too, you know, something that has been said to me by my leaders is that, you know, oh, we are we have had the conversation. We are working on it, but we can't really talk about the specifics. Right. And so but the problem with that is what we were talking about before right bridging that gap is that by telling me that as a support staff but i haven't actually seen any actual changes it it kind of makes me lose trust mm-hmm. in my leader that there's actually something happening like maybe you did have the conversation but maybe you should be having it again because yeah. nothing has changed yeah. right so if i'm coming to you telling you that like hey, you know, I came to you with this three months ago, and we're still dealing with this problem. And then you come to me and tell me, oh, well, we had the conversation and things are in place. Like, give me a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, you got to give me something. Be honest. You Like you said, you don't have to give the names of people. You don't yeah. have to say like, what was said, because, you know, HR, but like, yeah. at the same time, there needs to be like proof in the pudding right mm-hmm. like there needs to be like show me that something is actually changing yeah. because i don't see anything changing yeah does that mean you have to go fire all the toxic people no, no. i mean maybe but uh, but you don't you know keeping those people around especially if, if that's the issue Probably not a good thing, right? So let's let's talk more about yeah. that. Let's be open about that. Let's set those ex- expectations. Why are we letting these toxic people stay? Yeah, is it because they're you know, credential technicians, and those are hard to come by. What are we actually doing to our team by keeping that around, though, mm-hmm. right? Are, are we even, like, making our team even less efficient because people don't want to be at work? Are people calling out because they don't want to work with, you know, that person who's that? I keep trying, like, in my head, trying not to say names. Yeah, so no. I'm like... I mean, like, so-and-so, yeah. <laughs> so-and-so. so-and-so. I'll just call. Uh, sorry, Ronnie, whoever Yeah, you sorry, are. Ronnie. We're going to be saying a lot. <laughs>
1: Um, but I don't it, know where that came. Yeah, from. Yeah, <laughs> and also, it like you know, like we've been saying, it goes back to just that little bit of transparency, yes. and that's gonna open up a huge door for your team. Um, a lot of stuff that managers and leadership, um, those skills that they have, they don't teach that in tech school. They sure don't. Um, they teach you how to pull blood, how to calculate drugs, how to ho- hold cows, like stuff like they that. Don't,
0: they don't teach you that um, in doctor school. But,
1: exactly. <sighs> um, so they don't teach those kind of things. So we don't understand the business side of it. You're supposed to. They staff, honestly
0: don't even teach it in business school. Like, yeah. I, I, I yeah. have a business degree. Yeah. And they didn't really teach me that stuff. I had to learn that stuff through all of these books that you can't see behind Emily. <laughs> yes, all those lovely books. But it's just they don't teach that
1: kind of stuff yeah. in tech school. So as leaders and managers and like those positions that like you're like, hey we can't do raises because, um, we need to go get a new generator because of things that are happening or something equipment broke or something like that. And unfortunately this quarter we can't do raises and I'm sorry, um, you know, and like letting them know, like you can be open with them about certain things. You don't need to tell them exactly what the PL is. Um, you don't also need to tell them, you know, that there's no allotment for overtime or anything along those lines and like why that is, but like you can tell them like little things like, Hey, we're, we're having this problem here with the plumbing. The plumber's going to be in and out. It's going to cost yeah. us a pretty penny, um, just so you are all aware. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do Dunkin' Donuts every day for the next week, sorry, kind of thing. And your but team's going to understand, like, okay, well, you know what? At least we can flush the toilets now. Things like that, there's you know? So
0: <laughs> like, to go with that, there's ways to set yourself up for success when that stuff happens. Yes. Right? So if you are really just focused on how much money we can afford to spend on people or all of the like things right and and you're not focused on saying thank you Mm mm-hmm thank you goes a long way so long and you know appreciating people all the time Mm -hmm. if you appreciate your staff and you pour into them and you talk to them and you actually get to know your people and what they enjoy honestly yes like at the end of the day a raise is lovely and more money in my pocket is not going to make me sad but like there are other things and there's research upon research y'all can go on google and find out there's so much research that proves that Money is not Not. what, like, at the end of the day, I think it's what we all hear about mostly because, like, it's easy to talk about that. But at the end of the day, like, thank yous are really great. Some people really, really love to be, like, shouted out when they do a really good thing, and Mm -hmm. then some people hate that. So, like, knowing your team and knowing how they they like what they react yeah. to and the things that they enjoy. If you know all of that stuff and you already have that kind of set in motion when the plumbing goes out and you're like, Hey guys, we're not going to be able to have Dunkin' this week. They're going to be like, it's cool. Cause you thank me all the time mm-hmm. and you make me feel good about yeah. myself. And you like, whatever, I don't know. Like it, it doesn't, it's not about the pizza parties and the fancy cups, right? It's about like the constant you know great job i say thank you to my assistant oh. every single day at the end of the day before we leave i make sure and i say thank you throughout the day but i make sure to say thank you mm-hmm. such a little thing but even as when i was an assistant it made such a difference oh yeah and you don't realize how much of a difference it makes until you don't have it mm-hmm. right you're in a clinic and nobody thanks you for anything you're like why am i even here do yes. they even care that i'm here like you know yeah and as
1: leaders and managers it's also hard to hear you know like that thank you back from support staff sometimes because they don't you know thank
0: your managers
1: (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you know like we get so caught up like as you know, technicians and uh, assistants in the every day to day that we do that, like, wow, our manager made sure that our payroll went through and that our inventory is here and I have syringes so I can pull blood and they made sure that Antec, um, somebody called Antec to make sure that stuff was picked up. So our samples were going out. Um, I've had managers also jump on the floor and start sweeping and cleaning kennels afterward. And I thank them for that because that helped me do my job more efficiently. I was then able to go ahead and start another surgery while they were cleaning up behind me. Those little things that you can do to help your support staff end up being so big. And it's stuff that I will tell you, your support staff will talk about years later. I was opening- We were just talking about that today. I was opening another hospital for the company that I worked for previously. And I was talking with somebody about like what were ways that you like to be appreciated. And she said she had a horrible overnight shift and snapped at the ER doctor that was there. And then when she came back 12 hours later, there was a coloring book and some stress relief stuff for her from that doctor because the doctor realized how stressed out she was and everything else that was going on just to kind of say, hey, thank you for all that you do. That happened eight and a half years ago. And she still talks about that and still remembers it. And so that was that after little, getting yelled at. And that was after getting yelled at. Right. That little thing, that little thing that that doctor... That doctor did after that person probably ripped that doctor's head off for no reason. That doctor had no idea about the night before or what happened. Yeah. Just saw the hurt and pain in that person was like, I want to help fix them.
0: Yeah,
1: And I want to help them feel better. And just those those little things, those little teeny tiny things. Yeah, I mean, I have so many cards and stuff and thank yous and everything that I go through every day. And one of them was... Uh, thanks for throwing us the ice cream party and making sure that I had vegan ice cream because the person was vegan. Yeah. They still talk about that. That was 3 years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: I made sure they had vegan ice cream. That was it. So it's the littlest things.
0: My team to asked to pour into me, your team. My team asked me as a joke for a bouncy castle and um they were like we asked we've we've asked every manager we've had for years and they never do it. And I was like how expensive can a bouncy castle be? Not expensive. Mind you, it was in the middle of COVID, <laughs> and so I was like, I don't even know how we're going to do this because we can't be together. So how are we going to bounce in this bouncy castle? We figured it out. Put it in our in our parking lot and pulled up this mm-hmm. like bright pink. If you know me, you know yep. it's going to be bright pink. Bright pink uh like princess bouncy castle. castle oh. And we were like two at a time with our masks on and we were jumping and it was it was so fun. Yeah. And it's like those little things that they still talk about. I still talk about it because yeah. it was so much fun for me. But I mean, I didn't have to. It was like 250 bucks. Yeah. For a day of a bouncy castle. Exactly. Exactly. like, why not? Mm-hmm. And if it's something that your team is going to sit there and talk about, and they then, were asking for it for years, and I was then like, why not? not? If that's what they want over a pizza, I will give you g- gladly
1: anything over pizza.
0: <laughs> um I am
1: a big fan of not high fiving and giving pizza parties because they don't work.
0: Yeah,
1: um I could go to get pizza myself. No, I mean high fives are okay. High fives are good. Yeah, high f- and, and in circ- certain circumstances, <laughs> they're okay. I don't need like a group. <laughs> Group high five for everybody. You know, we all did a great job. Like, that's that's great. End of the day, we all did great. Yeah. But when we're having that staff meeting and it's a, everybody, good job this quarter, you know, like, that feels a little fake. And then it's like, okay, food is available and there's Domino's. Like, we live in New Jersey. There's way better pizza than Domino's. Um, we don't need to keep getting Domino's. Um, and the specialty cups. If I come home with another cup, my boyfriend's going to kill me. Like I don't need another cup with my name on it. I know what my name is. I know how to spell my name. <laughs> like, but I mean, listen, you, know, if you have
0: people on your team that want that. Want that absolutely, that's cool. Great. I I bought the, you know my team for Tech Week a couple of years ago. I bought them all like bags that had their mm-hmm. name on it. I made sure that it wasn't something that their previous managers had yeah. given them. You know, I don't need the same thing year after year. Yeah, and I think for me, actually,
1: last last um, year for a vet tech week, uh, my manage- managers that I was working with, they were asking me. They're like, "What can we get our staff?" And I go, "Ask them. Ask them what they want. Ask them what they want. Ask them what they want." And people are like, "Well, I just." don't know what to... And I was like, they want surgical caps. They want good scissors. They want pouches. Like, they want stuff that they're going to be able to use. They want use. clippers that work. Yeah, they want clippers that work, you know, believe it or not. That um, doesn't have to be a Tech Week thing. That no, could be, that could like, be anytime. anytime. Um, but, <laughs> like, like things like that. And, like, once these... Uh, nurses and everything were opening up their gifts, they were like, look at this scrub cap, you know, like, yes, I can actually not have to wear the silly bouffant anymore. Now I have a surgical cap that, like, I feel like I'm a badass person and like I could do this you know like it it empowers them to do their job more they're giving them the tools that they actually need to do their job I can't tell you how many times I've ran around a hospital looking for bandage scissors that actually cut yeah or clippers that will actually shave yeah and it's like there's little things you know here and there like Even if they want an Amazon gift card, let them pick out their own stuff that they want. You know, some of the people like the rainbow plated stuff like myself. I'm all everybody knew my instruments because everything was rainbow plated, including my stethoscope. Like they all knew it was my things. But like just those little things, I was able
0: to get those tools because my leaders provided them for me. And it's not like we're talking about tech week because we're recording this in the middle During of tech week. week, but it's not just about tech week, right? No. It's not just about the one time a year where we celebrate our technicians. It is about celebrating the people that keep your business running and take care of those pets that we love so much every single day. Yes. And that is thanking them. That is saying what a great job you did. That mm-hmm. is putting together like you rock or whatever you want to call it in your hospital yep. kind of things where they can support each other. Mm-hmm. That's a huge one, you know, letting them have ideas and not just being like, Oh yeah, cool. That's a good idea, mm-hmm. but actually implementing them right. At my last place when I was the you know, director of operations, I had one girl she emailed and she was like, Hey, I think we should really do something about, you know, like where the staff can, can high five each other at any given point, like with a little you rock card or whatever, like a thank you. Yeah. And so, what did i do i went out to i went out to amazon and i bought little boxes and i created a little thing so they can like hey great job doing whatever today and how how did i present that to the team i said hey this isn't about like hey your hair looks really good today yeah. this is about hey you really like presented yourself really well during that cpr or mm-hmm. you were able to really handle that situation really well or yeah. whatever you know like giving somebody props for something even small like hey i noticed that you did this I have a thing. I don't even know where it is. It used to be here. My daughter probably wrote on it. (laughs) But um, I have a thank you thing, a little post-it note that says, thank you for always being there for me. Mm -hmm. Something so small. Oh, it's actually right behind you. Oh, yeah, there it is. You know, thank you for rescuing me. You know, like thank you for for always being reliable right like these little things these are from three years ago and i keep them right because they're reminders about somebody who really appreciated something that i did that i just did because it was me not Mm -hmm. because i was trying to do something to get a thank you right and so appreciating people for those little things like maybe you know janice i don't know where these names are coming i'm from. loving it maybe janice has have has been having a really bad run with with you know getting really overwhelmed by things and she actually didn't get overwhelmed by a situation today mm-hmm. writing her a little love note you know handwritten note saying hey i noticed that you did a really good job handling yourself in this situation is really gonna like boost her confidence and make her feel better about herself and next time when she's in that situation again remember like Oh snap I did a really good job that time let me like calm down and do the same thing because that's what they want to see you know yeah and then they eventually become better people for it Mm -hmm. and
1: just talking with like my new staff that I have now and just staff over the last year and a half that like I've been working with like we know that that field is broken we know that people are kind of done and burnt out at this point but just talking with them a lot of them really just wanted to be appreciated yeah like that's the word that I kept hearing a lot over the last year and a half is just appreciation and that's one of the things that Suzanne and I are here to like help you know how do you appreciate your staff and how do you help
0: them grow and it's not always about throwing dollars at them or pizza parties and or high pizza fives Pizza parties high fives and and, and, personalized, money. and personalized water tumblers. bottles you
1: know <laughs> hydro flasks for all like I just it's It's nice to go ahead and do those gestures. um, But it doesn't always have to be something that's like for an occasion or something like that, you know, like vet tech week. Yes. That's a week where we should be appreciated, you know, roll out the red carpet
0: for us. Yeah. roll. I want, yeah.
1: Red carpet. I want paparazzi, like all that stuff. But what about the other 51 weeks of the year? You know, like we should be doing, we should be appreciating
0: them all the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, with that, I, I don't know about you but i feel like we could talk forever we could. <laughs> but we want to make sure that we have enough content for future <laughs> yes, episodes absolutely um we will be here in your inbox or sp- i don't know spotify, whatever spotify google, google apple every two weeks um we are you know happy to share what we know but we'll have guests on Um, to share what they know and and to really keep this conversation going yeah um and you know we're happy you're here and we can't wait to to learn together and to grow together and and help y'all lead veterinary hospitals the way that we wish we had had, when we were first getting into the business so yeah with that yeah i guess high fives and pizza parties high fives (laughs) and pizza parties for all thanks everybody for tuning in